This is the Essential Cruise Tip Show, making it fun and easy to discover, plan, and enjoy unforgettable cruise vacations with tips and advice from me, Gary Bembridge, host of the largest cruise blogger channel on YouTube. Let's get going with today's episode. Here's one of the most puzzling things about Cunard, these American dollars. They're the onboard currency on Cunard, a line that makes much of its roots and heritage in Britain. It names its ships after British queens. It serves up British fare, British entertainment, and even has traditional British pubs on board. Welcome aboard. I'm Gary Bembridge. You're about to discover why they use American dollars and seven other interesting things about Cunard. Although Cunard originated in Britain, it's lost a lot of that in many ways. It's been owned by the US Carnival Corporation since the late 1990s. So that means it sits alongside other of their cruise lines, including Holland America, Princess, Seabourn, and many others. On board, I'm always struck by how few of the crew are actually from the UK. Now, while some of the senior officers are often British, that's not true across the board, even with the senior crew. Plus, most other crew members are from countries like India, Indonesia, South America, and the Philippines, just like on pretty much every other cruise line. I found the US dollar is used on board because, of course, it's a Carnival Corporation-owned cruise line, very US-centric. The passenger nationality on board, though, is very mixed, and they sail very international itineraries. More on that later, because that's important. The overall program, though, I do find to be very British, and even the spelling in the daily program is UK English. The guest entertainers are British, and there's usually a variety of other things, like afternoon tea on board, that again are uniquely British. Unlike other lines, which are British-based, though, Cunard, I find, is way easier for international travellers to book. If you look at some other UK-based lines like Saga, Pinot Cruises, and Fred Olsen, it's almost impossible as a non-British citizen to book those cruises. Cunard, on the other hand, has international sales offices around the world and actively promotes itself to travellers from countries like the United States, Canada, Japan, Germany, Australia, and on and on. Now, building on that, something I really like and you need to know about Cunard is they offer a slightly different approach on itineraries compared to most other cruise lines. And they have two unique key features. First of all, Cunard is the only cruise line in the world that has a scheduled transatlantic service, which runs roughly from April to October. That's on board the Queen Mary II between Southampton and New York. A fantastic trip, I love doing it. They also offer a variety of longer world voyage sailings, including total world circumnavigations. Cunard, by the way, first ever world cruise was aboard Laconia in 1922, and that sailing was really instrumental in how the line still thinks exotic and global to this very day. Now, for example, I recently got off Queen Elizabeth and it was heading down after my cruise to offer cruises all around Australia, Japan, then heading on to Alaska before returning to the UK. So aside from world cruises, these kind of world voyages are a key part of Cunard. Another thing I find most people get confused by and don't understand is the class system. Now, I believe Cunard is not nearly as class-driven as people think it is. Let me explain. So on Cunard, there's four grades of cabins. Britannia, which includes inside ocean view and balcony cabins. Britannia Club, which is a premium or kind of elevated balcony cabin. Then there's Princess Grill, which are kind of mini suites. 
And then there's Queen's Grill, which are the more premium sweet experiences. Now, the grade determines which restaurant you eat in. The grill restaurants are very fancy. You can order a la carte, but you can also order exotic things like Dovisol and Chateaubriand to order. You can order off menu, and you can even have caviar. However, there are very few venues beyond the restaurants that those grills passengers have as a perk that other passengers on board can't also use. For example, there's a small lounge, a deck, not a particularly big one, it's a concierge, and there's priority embarkation to some embarkation. That is it. This is very different to the likes of Celebrity, MSC, and Norwegian, which have huge ships within ships for their sweet guests. This is not the case on Cunard. I'd say pretty much about 95% or more of the ship is open to everybody. By the way, if you want to know why it's called Princess Grill and Queen's Grill, you could watch this video. It's a members-only bonus video, so by becoming a member, you could find out that. Another thing I think you probably should know about Cunard is that the perception, largely driven by the original QE2 and now the Queen Mary 2, is that Cunard have one-of-a-kind ships. It's just not true, unfortunately. The Queen Mary 2 is unique, though. She's a one-off. She's the only true ocean liner that's sailing today. However, Queen Elizabeth and Queen Victoria are Vista-class ships, and this class of ship pops up on many other cruise lines in the Carnival group, including Carnival itself, Pino Cruises, and Holland America. Cunard's new ship, Queen Anne, is a Pinnacle-class ship, and this is based on Holland America's Koningsdam. There is, though, one aspect of Cunard that makes it one of a kind, and that is that all the Lion's ships have been named by the royal family, including the late Queen Elizabeth and now the Queen Consort Camilla. Another thing I think you need to know about Cunard pertains to the ship's iconic features. So this includes the majestic grand lobby that exists across all of the fleet. The Queen's Room, which is the ship's ballroom. This is a large, spectacular space. It's on every ship and is home to key onboard events, including dancing and afternoon tea, for example. You'll always find a magnificent two-level Britannia restaurant, which is the main dining room where about 80 to 85% of passengers eat. It's grand, it's Art Deco inspired, it has big murals. It really has a wow factor, and I really do love that room. The library is also an important feature of Cunard ships. The one on Queen Mary II, for example, has over 10,000 books, and the others have around 6,000 books. Hugely impressive. I love these libraries. The Royal Court Theatre is another key venue, which on the Elizabeth and the Victoria feature traditional theatre boxes. I also love a couple of other iconic venues, like the Golden Lion Pub, the Corinthia Cafe Lounge, the Veranda Grills Restaurant, the only specialty dining restaurant on board Cunard ships. Cunard also has a few iconic events in the daily program that are fundamental to the line. These are actually the reasons that I always have a great time on board. I love these. First of all, it's all about dancing, and you'll find dancing classes during the day. In the evening, you'll find a live orchestra performing in the Queen's Room for ballroom dancing. There are even gentlemen hosts for those passengers who want to do ballroom dancing and don't have a partner. And during a cruise, you can also expect things like a black and white ball, a Roaring Twenties ball, which focuses here in the Queen's Room. By the way, there's also a Royal Court Theatre band 
that support theatrical performances. So there's a lot of musicians on board. The second big thing is afternoon tea every day. Hundreds of people go to the Queen's Room in the afternoon for this event. It really is quite spectacular. I'm always blown away by it and I love it. The third thing they have is inside lectures. On every single cruise, they normally have three speakers. So for example, on my recent cruise on Queen Elizabeth, they had a past press secretary to the late Queen Elizabeth, a former Concorde pilot, and an English historian. I've also been on trips with famous actresses and authors, and even a police detective who caught a renowned British serial killer. The other thing that people think they know about Cunard, but they don't, is the dress code. Now, personally, I find the dress code is not nearly as stuffy as it was, but they do still have some elements of a dress code and do enforce it. So most nights are smart attire, so men can wear trousers. It can even be smart jeans and a collared shirt, which could be a short-sleeved one. Ladies can then wear blouses, skirts, stylish trousers, or dresses. Gala evening, which used to be called formal night, encourages all of us when we're on board to dress to impress. Men, dinner jackets, tuxedo, dark suit, entire bow tie, ladies' evening or cocktail dresses, formal separates, as I believe they're called. However, what's important to know is, unlike other cruise lines, to get into your main dining room on gala night, you have to follow that dress code. They are really strict on gala night. So on those nights, in fact, on any nights, when the ship turns into this magnificent event with everyone dressed up, it's really special. But if you want to sail on Cunard and not dress up, you can still do that. As I'm asked this often, if you do want to dress very casually, including shorts, you can go in the evenings to the Lido Buffet restaurant, the Golden Lion pub, the casino, Cafe Corinthia, and the Yacht Club, which is the nightclub, by the way. So there's quite a few places you can go and not follow the dress code. The other thing you may not know about Cunard is they are incredibly good at dealing with three very specific different types of traveler groups that people are surprised about. Now, I'm often asked about these groups and if they're suitable for Cunard. So I did want to talk about them. So first of all, for decades, Cunard has been a great choice for solo travelers. They have solo traveler meetups on board because so many solo guests cruise with Cunard, me included sometimes. They have some solo cabins, which means you can avoid a large surcharge. This has opened Cunard to a slightly younger audience, but there are not very many of them and you do have to plan far ahead. The second thing, is there is a perception that Cunard is very conservative and that they are not welcoming of gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender travelers. This is not at all true based on what I've seen and observed. Cunard attracts a large number of LGBT travelers. In fact, the LGBT meetup, which is held every day, has more people attending than on any other cruise line I have ever seen. It's actually a pretty big event. Now, the third area is around kids and families. Cunard ships do have kids clubs. They're not particularly expansive, and they tend to focus and be most active within very specific holiday periods, school vacation, Christmas, and so on. So for example, I've been on the Queen Mary 2 to the Caribbean at Christmas, and there've been probably up to 300 kids on board. But because they ramp up the kids areas, I didn't really notice just the number of kids on board. However, in my opinion, Cunard still is not the best choice of line for kids. It's so focused on enrichment, afternoon tea, and all those kind of activities. In my view, it's not the best kid environment. If you found this interesting and want to get more cruise tips, go to my Tips for Travelers YouTube channel for weekly videos, 
weekly live stream cruise Q&As and quick 60 second cruise tips. There's a link in the show notes. But also, why not consider becoming a patron on Patreon to get additional patron exclusive videos, ebooks, and one-to-one cruising advice. Visit patreon.com slash tips for travelers where travelers is spelled the UK way with two L's. Links also in the show notes.